Get your Bibles out. I hope you've got your Bibles. I hope you don't get so comfortable at home that you forget to bring your Bibles because your Bibles is what's going to get you through this next season. Your word is going to keep you strong in this hour. And so let me just do this. We are in part four, the very last portion of our Christ is series. And before I get into that, I need you to understand something, that next week I'm going to be bringing a message to you that is unlike any message you've ever heard on Easter Sunday. I am not coming with the atypical He is risen sermon. We've heard that enough. It is time to hear what God is speaking in this hour to the church as we march forward. I'll give you the word that God gave me. The church is leaving the gravesite. The church is leaving the gravesite. We have mourned the death of Jesus long enough. It is time for us to walk with him. And I want you to be here for that next week. But let's get in the Word this morning because I want to deliver this Word to you. Uh, uh, we're in part four of our series called Christ Is. And over the last three weeks, we've dealt with different elements that Christ is in your walk as a believer. The first week we dealt with He is our healer. And how many of you know we need that in this hour? We believe that He is our healer. And then we discussed in week two that He is our deliverer. He is our deliverer, the one who picks us up. And carries us, the one who speaks to the waves and commands them to rest. He in, in work week, I'm sorry, in week three, we discussed that he is our strength and our song. We spoke about Paul and Silas. We spoke about the crippled woman for 18 years. But today, in the last part of this series, I want to deal with a story, first of all, in the book of John chapter 8. So go ahead and turn there with me. And as you're turning to John chapter 8, let me give you some pre-story that leads us up into the scripture we're going to sit into. In John chapter 8, Jesus was at the temple. He had returned to the Mount of Olives and he had gone to the temple. He was speaking that morning at the temple. And the teachers of religious law, I love religious folk. I love people who think they know everything but don't trust God in everything. And the teachers of religious law brought a woman who had committed adultery. The Bible says that they threw her down and told Jesus that the law of Moses says to stone her and then asked him what he thought. It was a setup. From the get-go, it was a setup. But how many of you know there is no setup with God? Jesus was in the right place at the right time to deal with that foolishness in that hour. And so they threw her down and, and they, said, they said, Jesus, what do you think? She's supposed to be stoned according to the laws of Moses. The Bible says that Jesus knelt down and he began to draw in the sand. Now, some of, sometimes people have said he drew a line in the sand, like, I dare you to cross that line. But most theologians will tell you that he began to write things in the sand. We don't know what he wrote, but I'm going to tell you what I think he was writing. I think he was writing the transgressions of everyone that was speaking ill against her. I think he was writing out all of their sins so that they could see their sin again. I think he was writing out what, what, what God wanted to deliver them from. Therefore, she deserved to be delivered as well. And it goes on in verse 9. It says, when the accusers heard this, they slipped away one by one. I'm sorry. Let me, let me go back. He said to them, he said, to them, he said, he who has no sin cast the first stone. And in verse 9, it says, when the accusers heard this, they slipped away one by one, beginning with the oldest, until only Jesus was left in the middle of the crowd. Can I go back for just a second? Because this just leaped off at the page of me while I was reading this. They slipped away one by one, beginning with the oldest. Why did it take the oldest to go first and the youngest to go last? Because the oldest knew the truth. The youngest were still learning. He says they, they left one by one until, and, until the youngest one was there. And, and in the middle, they, Jesus was left in the middle of the crowd with the woman. In verse 10, then Jesus stood up again and said to the woman, where are your accusers? Didn't even one of them condemn you? She responds, no, Lord. And Jesus said, neither do I. Go and sin no more. 
Let me give you this first declaration. In the midst of everything going on, Christ is our salvation. Christ is our salvation. Before you, though, get lost in your own definition, let me give you the true definition of the word salvation. The act of saving or protecting from harm, risk, loss, or destruction. Let me say that to you again. The act of saving or protecting from harm, risk, loss, or destruction. Most of us watching this morning have received the gift, the free gift of salvation. We've received it. We've received that moment of repentance where we came to Jesus, gave him our lives, and he saved us from our own sin. But can I just say this to you this morning? Salvation is not just reserved for the lost, but also for you in your time of need. Salvation is not just for the sinner. Salvation is for the believer. But for some reason, we've taken the word salvation and only applied it to those who are lost. No wonder that the believer has now become lost at moments. Because we do not claim salvation unto everything. We only claim salvation for a moment. Let's take the sin of adultery out of the story for just a moment. Let's take the woman who committed adultery. Let's look at her life. She made a mistake. But let's remove the sin from the story. Pastor, you can't remove the sin from the story. God removed the sin from your story. Remove the sin from her story for just a second. And now look at her again. Jesus didn't look at her sin. He saw her story. Mm, you're missing this for a second. Jesus didn't look at the mistakes she made. He looked at the promise she had in him. Okay. And in the midst of that, he brought salvation to her. He brought freedom to her. He brought peace to her. He brought joy to her. Watch this. The book of John chapter 8 verse 10 says, Jesus stood up again and said to the woman, where are your accusers? Didn't even one of them condemn you? No, Lord, she said. And Jesus said, neither do I. Go and sin no more. We must stop looking at salvation as a one-time experience and realize that Jesus is our perpetual, everlasting salvation unto all generations. You're not shouting at me yet. We must stop looking at salvation as a one-time experience and realize that Jesus is our perpetual, never-changing, everlasting salvation. Not just once, but every single day. And if you want me to prove it, let me give you some more word this morning. The book of Psalm chapter 62 and verse 1, it says this, I wait quietly before God, for my victory comes from Him. He alone is my rock and my and my salvation, my fortress where I will never be shaken. See, what I'm trying to tell you is salvation is for this moment as well. Salvation wasn't just for the moment you came to the altar and asked Christ into your heart. Salvation is for the moments that you walk through every day. When was the last time you claimed your salvation? When was the last time you decreed your salvation? When was the last time you shouted from the rooftops your salvation? Not so that you could be put on a pedestal, but so that Jesus could step in and save you. Let me give you that definition one more time. Salvation is the act of saving or protecting from harm, risk, loss, or destruction. Man, next time you got to go to the store, will you claim your salvation? Next time you let fear run into your mind about all this foolishness that's going on, will you let Jesus become your salvation? Will you let him come in and save you and rescue you and take you from all risk, loss, or harm? Will you live with him? Will you trust him? Will you abide in him? Let me give you one more just in case you're still holding on with me. Isaiah chapter 12 verse 2 out of the New King James Version says this. 
Behold, God is my salvation. I will trust. Here it comes. Here it comes. And not be afraid. I read that. thought that was powerful. Here's why. Maybe, just maybe, fear comes in when salvation stops. Behold, God is... He didn't say, I don't fear, therefore I'm saved. He said, God is my salvation. He declared salvation first. And after that, he declared, and I will not be afraid. I will trust in the Lord. For yea, the Lord is my strength and song. He also has become my salvation. I need you to grab a hold of this this morning. I need you to hold on to this word for a moment. I need you to understand salvation is a moment. Salvation is a time where you gave your life to Christ. But now that you have been saved, can we just stay saved? Once we've received salvation, can we maintain salvation? Can we live in salvation? Can we live free? Not bound. That scripture just jumped off at me. I will trust and not be afraid when he becomes my daily salvation. In this moment, in this hour, Christ is your salvation. All you got to do is declare it. All you got to do is decree it. Let me give you the next one this morning in the book of Luke chapter 23. The book of Luke chapter 23 in verse 39. It says this. It says one of the Criminals hanging beside him scoffed. So you're the Messiah, are you? Prove it by saving, by saving yourself and us too while you're at it. But the other criminal protested, don't you fear God even when you have been sentenced to die? He said, we deserve to die for our crimes, but this man hasn't done anything wrong. And then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus replied, I assure you, today you will be with me in paradise. Christ is your salvation. And Christ is your redeemer. The word redeemer is defined as this. To obtain the release or restoration of as from captivity by paying a ransom. If I could scream at you, I would right now, but I don't want to hurt your feelings because I want you to get this word. Did you hear what I just said? Redeemer is to obtain the release or restoration of as from captivity. Some of y'all feel captive right now. And to be released from your captivity, to be restored out of your captivity by paying a ransom. Can I ask you this question real fast? Are you acting as if God has paid the price? Are you paid for? Are you bought? Do you have value in this moment? You do. Because Jesus has paid the ultimate price. Watch this, watch this. You've got the man sitting on the, on the cross next to Jesus in this moment, leading, the, leading up to the Easter story. It just kind of happens to be this is where we are. Uh, and so this man is sitting on the cross. And the crazy thing is, we don't know his story. We don't know what he went through. I mean, the guy could have had a really tumultuous background growing up, or he could have just made one mistake and found himself on a cross next to Jesus. All we know is that he made a mistake. That's it. And he's found himself on this cross, but he's found himself in a moment with the only thing that can redeem him. Maybe you find yourself in this same kind of condition, same kind of situation, not on a cross, but in a place needing restoration, a 
place needing a release in this moment. Christ is your Redeemer. In Luke chapter 23, verse 42, it says this. It says, then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. If you're underlining your Bible, I always encourage people to underline this one piece of scripture. He says, remember. Somebody years ago said this to me in, 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 a, in a meeting. He said, you know, Jesus was a carpenter. Maybe for that moment, that man might have passed Jesus's, crossed Jesus' path when Jesus was acting as a carpenter. I believe it spoke to the thing that only Jesus could do, and that is remember him. Take the broken pieces of his life and put it back together. He can't go back from where he's come from, but he's in this moment. You can't go back to where you've been. You can't go back to what service was before all this broke out. You can't go back to the worship you had before this. you got to be in this moment. you got to be in this time, in this season. And then you got to look at Jesus and say, hey, Jesus, will you re remember me? Will you put me back together? Will you assemble me? God, I feel broken sometimes. I feel worn down sometimes. I feel struggled sometimes. I just, I just want to break free, God. I need some relief. I need a restoration in my life. And, and Jesus, will you just restore me? Will you just redeem me? Will you just remember me? Will you just put me back together? I wrote this because I thought this was a very powerful statement. I'm done being a duct tape believer. I'm done running to the garage of my life grabbing the duct tape out of my drawer and trying to put myself back together and calling myself restored. I, you, are not your redeemer. Jesus is. But here's the crazy part. It says that in that definition of redeemer that he'll obtain the release or restoration of as from captivity by paying a ransom. I am done trying to put myself together. I need Jesus to put me together. I need Christ to come in and not be the super glue, but be the restore of the broken place. Do you understand that when Jesus restores the broken place, he puts it together as if it never happened? As if it never took place? He wants to be your redeemer this morning. He wants to walk with you and talk with you. He wants to put you back together. I need your redemption. I need you to release me from my struggles and restore me. Let me look at that last part of the definition. It says that Redeemer is to obtain the release of restoration of as from captivity by paying a ransom. Your ransom has been paid, but you have to receive the payment. You have to receive the payment. And if you don't receive the payment, you can't walk in the redemption. We must stop walking around acting as if the price has not been paid. Do you understand that when the price has been paid, there are no worries. You are covered. I'm trying to, I'm feeling this even more than I felt it when I wrote it. You, you, we, we, we are walking around. I, I got to say this to you. More now than ever before, I have heard believers be tested with their tongues as to what, declare, what to declare in this moment. Those who understand that the ransom has been paid, those are the ones that cling to God and trust God and do not stress and do not worry and do not fret and hold on to his promises. But those who sit in their house and need church on a Sunday morning to remind them how big their God is, they have not received the payment of the ransom yet. And I need you to receive the payment of the ransom so that you can stand up and lift up your voice and lift up your hand and say, I have been redeemed. I have been set free by the blood of the Lamb. I am I'm complete in this moment. He is my salvation. He is my redeemer. He is my strength. He is my song. He is my deliverer. He is my healing. He is Christ, and I am his.
We must stop walking around as if the price has not been paid. Lift up your head, O ye gates, and see who this king of glory is, the Lord God, strong and mighty. Can I just tell you this? Lift up your head. You're going to miss God if you don't. Lift up your head. Stop looking at your situations. Lift up your head. Lift up your voice. Lift up your hands and rejoice in this moment. God is still on the throne. He's not done. If I could say this to you, if I could shake you right now, I would tell you this. He is not finished, so don't you dare quit. He is your salvation. He is your redeemer. Stop walking around as if you have no value. Stop walking around as if you're not paid for. Stop walking around as if God did not send Jesus to cover the cost of your life. I love what Galatians chapter 5 verse 1 says. I love what it says in this moment. It says, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Hello. It is for what? Freedom. That Christ has set us free. Then he goes on, he goes, stand firm. Stand firm. And don't let yourselves be burdened when? Again. By a yoke of slavery. There, there is a condition in a believer today that has a tendency to go from free to slave, from free to slave, from free to slave. Listen to me. You are not a slave of the Most High God. You're a servant of the Most High God. Do you know the difference between a slave and a servant? A slave had no access, but a servant does. You are not a slave any longer. You were a slave to sin. Then salvation and redemption came in and set you free and restored you. Can we just act like it and walk like it? Because if we do, we'll see the hand of God in the land of the living in the moments that we walk in right now. I need you to understand that in this season, Christ is your healer. Christ is your deliverer. Christ is your strength. Christ is your song. Christ is your salvation. Christ is your redeemer. Christ is everything you need right now. I, I got to say this to you for a second. I, I know there's some of you watching, you're tired. We kind of dealt with this yesterday morning. Our team met yesterday morning for prayer because we really feel God calling us to an amazing place of prayer as a church right now. We're praying for you and we're seeking God and man, we're praying in the spirit and we're trusting him. And, and yesterday, uh, one of the people in the prayer time said, you know, can we pray for dryness? You know, dryness isn't a sin. Dryness is a condition. <laughs> but the condition happens when we lose our way sometimes. We're not, not calling to sin, but we, we stop going back to the well. <laughs> Dipping our cup in and drinking. Dipping our cup in and receiving that nourishment. Sometimes... We act like the well is too far away. Sometimes we're too busy to go to the well. Sometimes the circumstances of life overcome us so much that we've lost our direction to where the well is. Some of us have never been to the well. But it doesn't matter which one of those fits you. The well never dries up. And all you have to do is come and drink. 
come and receive. I don't know how you're feeling. Some of you are, man, God's on this thing. And some of you I've talked to said, Pastor, I'm tired, I'm weary. Can I encourage you this morning not only to declare that he is your salvation and redeemer, but I just feel the unction of the Holy Spirit to tell you right now to go to the well. Dip your cup and drink of it. Fathers, take your family to the well. Husbands, take your wives to the well. And drink. And receive. There will be no more dry seasons in your land and in your situation. We're coming to a place. We're coming to a moment. All the reports say that this is going to be the worst week ever. No. No. I don't receive it. Because I know from which cometh my help. My help comes from the Lord. I was at the house last yesterday afternoon and my uncle called me, Dusty called me. and He just wanted to talk to me for a few minutes and we had this crazy conversation. Here's what the nuts part is. We don't talk all the time, but God's dealing with him on the same things he's dealing with me on. And we got to talk and we just got to share a bunch of stuff. And I'm going to share this with you. And maybe you've never done this before, but I, I'm going to share this anyway. God's been dealing with me about where we are in the spirit. And I know that's not a popular conversation in a lot of churches because I don't do that. That's weird stuff. Okay, got it. I hear you. But haven't we been flesh long enough? He came to crucify our flesh. Not so that we can continue to live in the flesh. And I just shared with him what God had been sharing with me. Pray in the Spirit. The Holy Spirit wants to do something right now. There are those of you watching right now that can feel the tangible presence of the Holy Spirit right where you're sitting. Because I feel him, and I know if I feel him, you're feeling him. That's God moving in your midst. Maybe you know what I'm talking about. Maybe you don't have, you've never heard of this before, but you can feel like, oh, and your spirit man is going, I want some of that. I want some of that. You can have it. Just reach out and take it. Ask him to fill your home. Ask him to fill your jobs. Ask him to fill your car. Whatever you are, whatever you're doing right now, let him in. And drink. Drink from the well. God wants to do his greatest work in you. Your season is not over. Baby, it's just beginning. And greater things are still yet to come. Holy Spirit flow through you. I would encourage you and challenge you this week to take time to pray in the Spirit. Pastor, I don't know how to pray in the Spirit. That's all right. Ask Him how. It's a free gift. Ask Him. He'll give it. You just got to rest in it. But remember, you have to open up the gift. Don't leave the box sitting on the table and talk about the gift. Open it up and see what it does in your life. I want to encourage you to let the Spirit of God take over. Before we leave today, I want to pray for you. I want to declare God in your season. Grab a hold of the hand of your 
family member, your kids, your spouse, wherever you are. Baby, I know you're watching. I'm holding your hand right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, I speak life. I speak joy. I speak freedom in this house. Father, let your people desire to declare that Christ is in every situation. I bind the attack of the enemy that would cause isolation and hibernation, that would cause them to be fearful and scared. I declared that season to be broken in the name of Jesus and to let Christ become their strength, Christ become their song, Christ become their healer, their deliverer, their salvation and redeemer. I declare in this moment right where they are that the presence and the power of God begin to flow through their homes, flow through their bodies, flow through their children, flow through their marriages, flow through their finances, flow through every situation. This is not down and out. This is going up to the top. As the pastor of this house, I declare that word. Thrive, not survive. Win, not defeat. Celebrate, not mourn. Declare, shout, not whisper. God, today we give you our lives. And for those that are watching that don't know Jesus, I want to invite you home. Not to a church, to a relationship. To my best friend, the one that's been with me through every midnight hour, the one that's held me, the one that's spoken to me, the one that's encouraged me and challenged me and corrected me. You might be watching this, don't know how you got to our Facebook or our YouTube, but God's ready for you to come home. He's been waiting for you. He's got a place prepared just for you. As we close this, can we all pray this prayer? I believe we should all keep this spirit of repentance in our heart because repentance is what brings us to the Father. So let's pray this. Father, in the name of Jesus, today I ask that you move in to my heart. Take over. Save me. Redeem me. I need your healing. I need your deliverance. I need your strength. I need a new song. Today, I give you my heart. Fix the broken places. Heal them. Restore them. I declare today that you are my God. And I am your child. I submit my life to you. I trust you. Not because of what's going on but because I need you. I need you now. Today, I declare myself and my family to be saved. Father, we thank you for what you've done in the house today. We thank you for what you're going to do all week long. 
Thank you that the worst is not yet to come. The best is yet to come. And we hold on to that truth right now. Father, bring us back tonight with our kiddos to receive the word and to receive a great time of family fun with house kids. For our night of Tuesday night worship, Wednesday night Passover Seder as we begin to celebrate Passover and believe that the blood of the Lamb is wiped over the doorposts of our house and no plague shall come nigh our dwelling. We come back Friday night ready to receive that Friday night devotion and prayer time as we continue to be strengthened in this hour. Thrive, not survive. That's what we're going to do. We give you praise for it now. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen.